Welcome to Mile High Report Radio Horse Tracks. And now, here's what's happening in Broncos country. It's been a long nine days of hand-wringing over this 2-3 and three Broncos team that's riddled with injured starters. But it's a new football week, and that means there's time for optimism. Hey, Broncos country, I'm Lori Lattimore-Volkman, and this is The Roundup. Before we get to this week's news and preview the Monday night football matchup with the Chargers, do me a favor and subscribe to this channel, The Roundup at MHR Live, and hit the like button for this video, please. Enough of that, let's get to this. The two and three Broncos are headed to LA to take on the three and two Chargers. And even though just one game separates these teams, the distance feels gigantic. But a win on Monday night evens the score and puts the Broncos back in contention. The question is, can they do it? Can they score more than nine points? We'll see. The Chargers seem to be hitting their stride as the offense has found balance between the running and passing game, and the defense is holding together even though it gives up a lot of points, it's been able to keep their opponents from scoring more than they do. Something the Broncos haven't figured out. Meanwhile, the Broncos have just two starters left on the offensive line and may or may not ever see Billy Turner take the field. They are minus a starting running back and have a lot of highly paid receivers dropping the ball and a few not as highly paid receivers jumping up and down waiting for the ball. But that's not nearly as problematic as the highly paid quarterback who can't seem to find the open receivers. At least, not when it counts. On the defensive side of the ball, where the Broncos have flashed brilliance, injuries to Randy Gregory, Ronald Darby, and Josie Jewell are hampering this defense from being the dominant force it wants to be. Hopefully, Baron Browning is feeling good so he and Bradley Chubb can get after that QB and prevent the Chargers receivers from catching that ball. But no question about it, it is going to be an uphill battle for this beleaguered and beaten down Broncos team. So what does Coach Nathaniel Hackett think of this situation? Uh, for us, we're 0-1 right now in the West. Uh, the, you know, the pass is the pass. Right now, we got to find a way to win a football game. And it happens to be a West opponent, which makes it more exciting because it's a rivalry. It's a very good football team. And uh, we got to get out there and we got to get after them. Prior to the Thursday night football game, if you want to call it a game, Coach Hackett had a lot to say about not making negative plays, something the Broncos didn't do very well against the Colts. So that advice is still on the table. Over again, because we want to be aggressive. We love the explosive plays, and they've been great, but our feast and famine has really hurt us. It set us back, whether we get big chunks, and then once you get a big chunk, and then you end up setting yourself back for certain reasons. Uh, and it's not, again, that's not necessarily one person. It's a combination of everybody together, and I think it's those guys just playing together. So I think that for us, we're just going to continue to coach the fundamentals and the basics and just capitalize on the simple things and not feel like we have to do something more or uh, overthink things. I think as these guys continually uh, work together and play together, I think it's going to get better and we're going to be able to limit those things because right now first down efficiency is what is what is really killing us. Ironically, the Broncos offense has been one of the most explosive in the NFL. The problem is it's also the worst in the red zone. And this is something Russell Wilson hopes to fix this week. Hey, um, 
know, we've been hurting ourselves, you know, first and second down. We've got to be better in uh, third downs and third and longs. We, we can't have it. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just it's, it's not, not easy to, to do, you know, in this game. Um, and so I think we get, if we can give ourselves a better chance to be successful, the better we'll be. Last week, Wilson got a lot of flack from sports pundits on the mainstream media as well as social channels. Totally out of line frankly, and he told reporters that when he faces tough times, he thinks of his dad and relies on his faith. You know, you ask me how tough these times are. You know, when people ask me that question, I always think about my dad because, you know, you know, he was on his deathbed, you know, talking about playing football and what I love to do. Um, and uh, adversity is going to come and how we how we handle it and how we deal with it and how we actually we can either run from it or run to it and, 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 and just keep going. And like I said, we're going to come on the other side of it. And the adversity, uh, it builds you. It builds character. It builds perseverance. It builds all that greatness, all that tough stuff that uh, you know, people don't necessarily want to go through. And I'm willing to go through it. So I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to the obstacles. I'm looking forward to, to coming on the other end of it. Wilson has faced some obstacles this season, posting some of his worst numbers in his career completing just 59% of his passes this season. But Wilson remains undaunted and claims he's not motivated by criticism, but rather his will to compete. Yeah, I'm motivated not by criticism. You know, I I don't think you get motivated by that for me. um, I'm always motivated. And I'm always, you know, uh, at this point in my career, I don't necessarily have to be motivated. I'm always there. You know, I think you always want to be great. You always want to, you know, be be uh, exceptional every time you step on the field, and understanding that sometimes that doesn't always happen. Um, but at the same time, you knowing that you're working for that. Ultimately, for Wilson and the Broncos' offense, it just comes down to playing better, avoiding third and long, holding on to the ball, catching the ball, moving the ball. Easier said than done. You know, a few plays a game. What are those four or five plays a game that we can um, make those positive plays and not negative plays? And negative may not be necessarily a 15-yard, you know, a 10-yard loss or something in a run. Or it may just be rather than making that a, a zero-yard run, making it a three-yard run. That rather than um, you know uh, <laughs> a completion on first down and you know getting it to be. Uh, you know, second and five, whatever the, whatever those are, right? So I think all those examples, um, obviously there's the, the bigger plays, you know, you don't never want to turn the ball over all those situations as well. And then when it comes in the red zone, um, you know, it comes down to making plays. we got to make them. Making plays will be key for Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense. And hopefully this week on primetime, they can prove they actually know how to score. Maybe even more than nine points. And hopefully a touchdown. Who knows? Maybe we'll even get a Peyton Manning Monday Night Football comeback win against the Chargers, just like we did in 2012. Could happen. Third and eight. Rivers getting it. Miller's retreating in coverage as Rivers takes a shot and is intercepted by Tony Carter with the touchdown a moment ago. Carter on the return near midfield and gives Peyton Manning and the Broncos the ball in great field position. He gets the snap away and Manning fires. End zone shot. Stokely went up and caught it for the touchdown. What a catch. What a throw. What a comeback. A lot of season left. A lot of season left. A lot of greatness in store. Done it before. We're going to do it again. And that's really um, what I think about. Thank you, guys. Broncos country. Let's ride. 
Now stick around for my super fun interview with Ryan Dyrud as we break down this upcoming matchup with the Chargers. And don't forget to hit that like button. Let's ride. Okay, Broncos country, welcome back to the Roundup. I am here with Ryan Dyrud, who is the founder of the LA Football Network, covering all of the LA football teams, including the Rams and the Chargers. And a little secret, he's actually a Broncos fan. But we're gonna talk Chargers Broncos, and I imagine he'll bring the heat to the Broncos for the next couple of minutes. Ryan, thanks for coming. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Excited to get into it. And yeah, I will be at the game on Monday night in LA. Um, you know, it's interesting before we get into it, covering the Chargers, you got to kind of represent Bolt fam out here in LA, but being a Bronco fan, I'm like, do I wear my Emmanuel Sanders jersey or do I just <laughs> yes. kind of wear some Chargers gear? Do I just wear like my LA football gear? So I'm kind of neutral. So it'll be interesting. No. It'll be fun. No, you wear the Emmanuel Sanders jersey every time. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a lot of we orange in that stadium. So here, actually, the most important question I have to ask you is, is Keenan Allen going to do anything for my fantasy football team this year? Well, I've left him. I've left him in my lineup twice now by accident, <laughs> by mistake, and uh, somehow won both those games. I don't know how it happened. The rest of my team picked up their slack. But, you know, every week it seems like he's trending to play. And then every week on Saturday night or Sunday morning early, he ends up not playing. So it's really hard to tell at this point. It's the exact same as it was last week, day to day, trending to play. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I don't have an answer for you. But I know Broncos fans probably hope it's not this week. Um, but maybe for your fantasy team, you do. I don't know. We'll see. Like anytime you get a hamstring injury, like any player, I'm always like, ah, they're out six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they come back. They're not 100%. It's such a difficult injury to get over. And if you're a wide receiver, it's like a wide receiver or a defensive back. It's the worst injury you could have because it's so hard to run fast on a bum hammy, even if it's most, you know, 80%, 90% better. Yeah. And it's, you know, you know, pretty important to run fast at uh, any <laughs> position, especially those. So, uh, yeah, we'll see that. And the groin are, are two tough ones to come back one for these guys. Obviously, Bosa out with the groin as well. So, which was um, bizarre. I've never heard of groin surgery, but I guess it yeah, was he well. literally, it was the most graphic explanation I've heard after the game shredded <laughs> his groin is what someone said. And that just sounds horrifically painful. The Broncos are coming in, you know, hobbling, hobbling on Monday night, but with a lot of injuries, what, but you know, just in general, what do you make of this matchup? Is it going to be a blowout? Are we in trouble? It won't be a blowout. This is a division game, so it'll always be close. But yeah, I, I think the Broncos actually have the most players on IR in the NFL at 12, I think, is what I saw. Yes, yes. Um, but the Chargers, yeah, they, you know, it's funny. They've always had horrible luck. Last year, you know, Brandon Staley comes in, brings a new staff, kind of new, new training methodologies, and they actually were one of their healthiest they've ever been last year. And it was like, okay, we finally broke that injury curse and then, of course, this year reared its ugly head and you lose you lose a bunch of top players before the season even starts. Then you lose Rashawn Slater for the season. And obviously, we just talked about Keenan and J.C. Jackson had surgery right before the season started. And he's been hobbled and and yada, yada, yada. So but, but to answer your actual question, I, I, you know, I think Chargers definitely favored. I think right now, just based on health, they are definitely the better team on paper. Um, but we have two. Let me say this. I really like both head coaches. I know probably Broncos country is not a fan of Hackett so far. Chargers <laughs> Chargers fans have really mixed feelings about 
Brandon Staley, but I think they're both fun, young head coaches that are innovative that have kind of, you know, made some decisions that have, they didn't get the luck go their way. And a lot of times the NFL, a lot of people don't talk about it, but a lot of luck goes into a lot of these wins sometimes or just good fortune. And the chargers historically have not had that luck. They've gotten some back a little bit last week, obviously got some luck against the Browns. Um, and the Broncos thus far really have not gotten that luck. And I think Hackett's kind of, you know, at least in his decision-making has improved a lot over the last two weeks, but um, getting long-winded. It won't be a blowout. It'll be a close game, but I think the Chargers are definitely the favored team obvious for obvious reasons. So that's a great segue into one of my questions. How many fourth and five or lesses do we see coaches go for in this game? Because we have two coaches, as you say, kind of innovative and fairly aggressive and not yeah. always getting what they want out of it, but seemingly not too gun-shy to do it again. Yeah. You know, the fourth and we call it, we have a shirt actually fourth and Staley that we've made at the LA football <laughs> network. Um, it's a lot of fun and it's fun to see those around the stadium, but it's funny. It's always funny to me how that, you know, it's, it's not false, but how that narrative became so, so big. And it's like, he's the only one that ever does it before last year's Raiders game in week 17 or week 18, whatever it was um, <laughs> on those last two drives. If you remember the Chargers were down 15, they had to go for it five times on fourth down in those last two drives. You take out those five, the Chargers would have finished 13th in the league in fourth down attempts. So really middle of the road. Now, right. when he does it is always more of the conversation. Last week being on their own 46, Browns had zero timeouts. Jacoby Brissett it quarterback. Why not punt it? Let your defense just finish the game for you. So those are why I think the narrative is kind of build up more. Um, but I think in this one, I think we'll see aggressive play. You got two, you got two really good quarterbacks. Justin Herbert's a top three quarterback. Russell Wilson, down year for sure, but still Russell Wilson. You still don't know when he will break out and eventually have that <laughs> Russell Wilson-like play. We're all waiting, yeah. but it, it could. Every coach knows what he's capable of. So right. to that point, I think we'll see some aggressive plays. So we'll put, let's put the over under at <laughs> at uh, three and a half. I think. Okay. So we always joke that, you know, when the Broncos go play in LA, it's like, an, it's like another home game because we have, we travel well, we have lots of Broncos fans um, in California. So, and LA fans seem to be a little wishy-washy. It's like, oh, there's a lot of, there's the beach and there's something else to do and whatever. But I'm, this time it's a, it's a primetime game. It's, you know, an LA team that is push knocking on the door for the first place in the AFC West. The Broncos fans seem pretty disenchanted with the Broncos. And I'm wondering if we see a little change just in the crowd at this game. A couple points on that. So I've, um, to your first point, there absolutely is a growing fan base here. Um, the Chargers are definitely a fun team to watch. I think a lot of San Diego Charger fans that hated the team after moving have now kind of come back and realized this is a fun team to root for with Herbert and Staley and, and, you know, kind of what they've built and the culture they've built. Uh, it's growing in, in the community of just LA and orange County. You know, they're right now stationed in orange County as their headquarters, but they're building a beautiful new um, facility up in the Redondo beach area uh, just South of like the LAX airport. So that'll be kind of their LA flavor, but absolutely growing, you know, it's, it's going to take time. It, it's absolutely, everyone knew that going into it. Um, 
Now with stadium takeovers, unfortunately, that's just LA in general, LA football in general. I, right. I know the Dodgers obviously sell out, but the Dodgers have been here since 55. Lakers have been here since 71 right. and they've won championships. They've been established in culture. You grow up with those teams. So these kids that are growing up with Chargers and Rams here, that'll change in 10 years when they're the ones buying tickets. But when their parents had all these other teams to root for and they can sell their season tickets for 300 bucks a pop, it's pretty easy <laughs> to do that. I mean, unfortunately right. the Rams against the Cowboys last week was a huge Cowboys home game. Um, and, you know, we cover the Rams. We love the Rams. They're Super Bowl champs. But everyone kind of loves to bag on the Chargers when the Rams have the very similar problem. It just doesn't get talked about as much. Um, but the last point I'll say to that, so I've been in L.A. since 08 is when I moved out here. The Chargers were in San Diego another seven years or so. And I used to go down to that Broncos-Chargers game every year in San Diego. And even there, it was 60% orange. So it's not yeah. an L.A. problem. It's a Southern California problem that people, A, there are a lot of Bronco fans in the Southern California area and B, why would you not come vacation here for a football game and make a weekend out of it? So it will be a lot of orange on Monday night, but there will also be a lot of diehard charter fans and very passionate charter fans. And they're smart, they're smart football fans. So it's definitely a growing fan base. It's in a good spot. It's only going to get stronger and bigger. Um, But yeah, it's always going to be a thing in SoFi in LA. Yeah, yeah. So what do you make of this Chargers team this year? I mean, they're three and two, so it's a good record. Like I said, they're kind of knocking on the door at the Chiefs. But, you know, they beat the Raiders, then they lose close to the Chiefs. They lose big to the Jags, who are a better team, I think, than anybody thought they were going to be. Then they beat the Texans pretty well, but they barely beat the Browns. Is, you know, you guys in L.A. covering the team, how do you think this team kind of stacks out overall when you're looking at the end of the season and where you think it's going to end up. Yeah. You know, this, this Chargers team, and I think they'll get it right because they have too much talent. And especially when they get like JC Jackson still isn't like fully healthy when they get Keenan back and, and yada, yada. But this team reminds me of some of those, you know, not to just continue talking about my Broncos fanhood, but a lot of those pre Manning Broncos teams that just play to their level of competition, like the good teams they would play really well against and the bad yeah. teams, like those Corey Dillon Bengals teams, they'd get blown out it. And that's kind of that chargers MO. But what's different this year is for instance, two weeks ago against the Houston Texans, they're up big at halftime, scored their most points in a first half they have in like seven years or something like that. And then third quarter, completely stall Texans come back. They fumble a kick return. So the Texans get within one score. And that was like where the old team would have folded, ended up losing that game. It would have been, oh, here we go again. But yeah. then they turn, they flip the switch, turn it back on. They are the better team. They clamp down, they score uh, to make it a larger uh, margin of victory. So it's an interesting team, but I think the culture's right. It's just more so believing in themselves and kind of getting to that point where they, everyone talks with them as a contender. And now they have to believe themselves that they're a contender. Last week on offense, I thought it was Joe Lombardi's best called game of the season. Um, in terms of play calling, the offensive output was really good. That was a game too. I don't know if your listeners watched it all, but they were down 14 nothing. They went down early in that game yeah. and clawed back and ended up winning. So, um, and the Browns, to their credit, yes, they have Jacoby Jacoby Prohead at quarterback because everything happened in the offseason. But if they would have had Deshaun Watson, again, we're not getting into that, but right. this was a team built for for playoff runs. They have a ton of talent on defense. They have a ton of talent on offense. They traded for Amari Cooper. They have probably the two best running backs in football as a two headed attack. They spent a lot of money on the offensive line. So it's not like the Browns are some dumpster fire team. Well, they're a dumpster fire organization, but it's not like there's some right. talentless team. Right. Um, and so there's still a, a, a well coached team and a, and a good talent level team. So this Chargers team, 
needs to get to that point where they beat the bad teams handily. Um, but overall, I think they'll, you know, five weeks in, we're seeing the good things and now they just need to get on a roll and keep stacking games. What do you think is the team belief in their coaches? I mean, is this, are they all in with Brandon Staley? Yeah, I think so. Um, there was a random, <laughs> random tweet. I don't even want to call it a report that came out and kind of like everyone spread it about team leadership was, had some questioning about Brandon Steely's style or whatever. And, and I, I don't know, I don't believe that. I I've been at training camp. I've been at practices, been at games. I haven't necessarily been at game locker rooms, but I've been in practice facilities yeah. and stuff. And, and it feels different than it was in years past. Uh, you know, they all love Brandon Staley. He's a player's coach, but he's extremely smart. He demands a lot, um, but he's also a very relationship-driven guy. And, you know, he's always going to have his players' backs and never throw them under their bus. So I think this team absolutely believes in him. Um, you know, that I, I saw players this week after that decision call, and Austin Eckler got asked about it. Kyle Van Noy got asked about it on the Pat McAfee show. A few other guys, and all of them were just like, that's coach Staley. That's the, that's the system we've built. That's who we are. That's what he wants us to believe we are. And it's our job to go execute it. So I think that they've kind of bought into that and sometimes probably question it. We saw Keenan Allen tweet and they met behind closed doors and kind of cleared that air. Um, but I think when you're in the moment and on the field, they, they truly believe in what their coach is doing and obviously being three and two helps instead of two and three. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> I can tell you it helps a lot. Let's, I have a couple matchups. I want you to tell me who who wins these matchups, and we'll we'll get to a prediction, a score prediction after that. So Austin Eckler versus the the Broncos defense, the Broncos run defense. DJ Jones, Draymond Jones, etc. Well, if you had asked me three weeks ago, I would have said one thousand percent Broncos defense line. Uh, the Chargers running game could get nothing going. Uh, Austin Eckler against the Jags had four carries for five yards and they just could not do anything on the ground. Um, and then finally from the Houston Texans, it's a pretty good game to break out because they're the worst rush defense in the entire league. Uh, so they did, but then last week against the Browns with a very formidable front, we saw Eckler and Joshua Kelly each combined for 222 yards. So really stepped up, you know, Jeremy Salyer rookie stepping in for Rashawn Slater has played unbelievably through two weeks as a, you know, first time left tackle in the NFL. Uh, they got Corey Lindsley back at center, which was a huge boost as he had missed some time. And that just shows how important he is to this offensive line. And Zion Johnson, another rookie has played fantastic at right guard. So I, it'll be a good battle. Um, I think that Broncos defensive line has done very well. We saw them contain the Niners very well. Who's a heavy running team. Um, you know, the, the Broncos aren't, two and three because of the defense by any means. So <laughs> even with all the injuries, so it'll be a battle. If I have to answer this, um, I'll go Eckler just because of what he's done the last two weeks. Uh, he's just trending up so much and he looks like his own self in between the tackles and how he's so shifty and stuff. But I don't think it's going to be a 150 yard game by any means, but he might, he might get close to a hundred. Our run defense in terms of yards per carry and yards allowed per game is, you know, is only ranked middle of the pack or kind of low, like 15th for yards per game and 20th, I think, for yards per carry. Yet, we've always, it, it's been maybe a little bend, don't break because we've been able to stop teams, you know, when they get close and they, they have to go for field goals and not touchdowns. So, you know, the, the defense is held strong, even if they've let, you know, some, some, of, the, some of those running backs get the better of them down the field. Um, so I'm I'm gonna just just because it's gonna be the one where I go with this I'm gonna go with Broncos defense edging out Eckler 
because someone's got to step up in this team. <laughs> okay, so next matchup, the Chargers pass rush versus Russell Wilson and the Broncos O-line. Well, it, um, this has been since Bosa went down, the Chargers pass rush has definitely lost a little bit of luster, but you still have Khalil Mack. Uh, Kyle Van Noy has brought it on the edge. Um, you know, the, the interior guy, Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, former CSU Pueblo product, uh, yeah. has played great for the Chargers thus far in the interior. So it's a really good unit, even without Bosa. And, you know, the Broncos losing Garrett Bowles, uh, left tackles, a huge, huge loss. Um, one of the many. And, uh, and so I think you got to go chargers defensive line here just because of the injuries that the Broncos have sustained thus far. And, you know, you would hope if you're a Broncos fan that, that Hackett and company will draw stuff up to just get the ball out of Wilson Sands quick. Cause some of those, some of those plays just seem like they either take too long to develop or it's just guys not getting open. Um, but if that's the case, then I, yeah, Khalil Mack and company is definitely going to, I think get four or five sacks back there. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you. I think the injury to Garrett Bowles is bigger than any of us really wants to admit. I mean, as much as much as he's been kind of the the punching bag for Broncos fans because of all the holding penalties he always gets, he has been a strong force. We're already playing with backups on the O-line. So, I think this mm-hmm. makes it at least 3 of the 5 are essentially the backup guy. With the Garrett Bulls injury, there's no question. The only hope we have is Russell Wilson. He's probably lost a little bit of that, but I'm hoping he does a little more this week because I think that's our best chance with that <laughs> with that backup O-line if he's going to escape Khalil Mack and company. And last thing on that point is the Chargers really haven't played a, you know, Athletics not the right word, but a a mo- very mobile quarterback. Uh, they play obviously Pat Mahomes in week two, who we all know can definitely escape pressure. But outside of that, I mean, you yeah. get Davis Mills, Derek Carr, and Jacoby Brissett. So Russell Wilson definitely most mobile that they've played, and so we'll see if that's a factor at all. Yeah, good. Yeah, good point. All right, we'll hope for that. But I'm going. I figure <laughs> the Chargers they win this one out hands down. Okay, Denver secondary versus Mike Williams and the wide receivers. I mean, this one's definitely Chargers just because of the injuries. I mean, you guys lost, what, Darby last week. Um, I mean, Pat Sertan, if it's just Pat Sertan versus whoever, I'm taking Pat Sertan. I mean, he looks like maybe the best corner in football already in his young career. What he did, only guy holding Devontae Adams out of the end zone. Um, What he does week to week is amazing. So he'll obviously, I'm sure, have a heavy dosage of Mike Williams, and I think that'll be a fun matchup. But when you look at the rest of the Chargers crew against what's left of the uh, Broncos crew, and and you know more than me, is Simmons going to play this week? Simmons, well, he's supposed to. I mean, he's back this week in practice. He's eligible to play Monday night. I think given the injuries um, at corner and safety, they're definitely going to push to have him play. So we should have Simmons We'll have we'll have Sertan. We will have probably rookie Damari Mathis playing in, in place of uh, mm-hmm. Ronald Darby, and then we'll have we have uh, Kareem Jackson on the other side of Simmons, but also maybe Caden Stearns comes in because he played last week and had an amazing game. So yeah, Stearns I'm is gonna, a stud. I'm going to go with the upset here and take the Denver secondary. Um, hoping that Stearns has the same game he had and that Simmons is, you know, back to form, which is wishful thinking given that he's been out for four weeks, but just in case I'll take, I'll take the secondary. There you go. And I think I saw Ojemudier will be back. So there's some death there for you guys as well. And hopefully, um, 
yeah, I mean, just the injuries have been bad, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be a fun matchup. Cause a- after Mike Williams, the talent is a little bit of a drop off, but Joshua Palmer's played great this year. Kind of, he really is built like Keenan Allen. So he plays that Keenan Allen role with the route running, the speed, the size, the hands. Um, and then they got their both tight ends back with Gerald Everett and Donald Parham, who Parham would played in his first action last week. Who's that, you know, seven foot tall tight end yeah. that can do stuff in the yeah. red zone. And, yeah. um, and so that, yeah, they've got some, some players that have really stepped up. Deandre Carter was a walk on this year. Who's really kind of seized the moment with the reps. So it'll be, it'll be a good matchup. It'll be a lot of players going against each other that no one thought would be going against each other when the season started. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Okay, so now switch that. Denver's wide receivers, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, um, at the at the top of that against the Chargers secondary. So based on pure talent or I guess depth and talent, you would think the Chargers with you know Derwin James, obviously one of the best safeties in football. I love having the conversation of uh Derwin James and Justin Simmons because they're both so good and playing the division and both such good team leaders. Right. Last week, Brandon Staley made a, an interesting decision that paid off. Nas Adderley has been their starting safety, ended up benching him, and it started Alohi Gilman. Alohi Gilman ended up getting that interception in the end zone, so obviously it paid off. Right. Um, JC Jackson was the big guy they signed in the offseason. They got Asante Samuel Jr. from the draft last year has been great. Mike Davis was a guy they paid two years ago. But the unit collectively has not played great together yet. J.C. Jackson doesn't look like J.C. Jackson last year. I, I truly believe a lot of Charger fans are saying it's like the worst signing in Chargers history because of what they paid him for the output. But I I always like, I'm the guy that calms everyone down. Like it's been five weeks. He missed the first three weeks. He's now played <laughs> two. Give the guy some games to get his legs under him. Right. Um, and then Santi Samuel Jr. is very good, but has had some up and down stuff. Derwin James, as good as he is, has had some missed tackles most notably on the Nick Chubb touchdown last week had him dead to rights and just flat out missed him so all that being said I think that the Broncos wide receivers could have a good game if Russell Wilson can get them the ball with accuracy that's the big thing I think the receivers with Sutton and Judy and Hamler and have a lot of talent and can do a lot of good things but we just haven't seen Russ throw like we know Russ could. So because of that, I'll lean chargers, but I think it can definitely be the Broncos if they get good output out of Russ. All right. And what about the linebackers versus the tight ends, both teams? Oh, <laughs> like the chargers tight ends. Josie Jewel's out too, isn't he? Yes. That's yeah, right. I mean, oh, I forgot about him. Yeah. Crazy. So because of that, I'll go Chargers tight ends. Uh, Gerald Everett's been great since coming. Darnell Parham, obviously, with the size difference. Uh, they have Trey McKitty, who's more of an inline guy, but can do some stuff. Uh, Broncos. I also like the Broncos tight ends. I, yeah, I know that they haven't got the name recognition with with Alberto and um, some of those other guys. Saubert. And I think I saw Greg Dolcich is coming off the IR. Yes. Who we covered at UCLA. So I was ecstatic when they, I mean, he's going to be. I know he hasn't, he's been injured, but Broncos country should get ready because Greg Dulcich is going to be a really, really good tight end when he gets some, you know, gets healthy and gets some playing time. So I will also go, I'll go both tight end sets beating the linebackers. Oh, all right. I like that. A little yeah, that makes one and one. So, we, so by my count, it looks like probably uh, really four Chargers to one Broncos winning out on their matchups. <laughs> um, on paper, we'll see. Right. It's all it's that's always and as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, the AFC West matchups are always competitive, even you know, no matter who the who the winner should be in the game. So with that, and given, you know, your matchups, what do you what's your score prediction on this one? 
I keep going back and forth because part of me is like, okay, Broncos having, what is it? 11 days off from Thursday to Monday. I know the injuries are insurmountable, but it's like, okay, there's, there's got a chip on their shoulder after a terrible loss of the Colts. Like Russ went and got, you know, looked at in LA with the, with the shoulder thing. And, and so like, maybe they have like a coming out party, but then I go back and I'm like, well, the Chargers are just a better team. I'm really at every level right now because of, I think if it was week one, it'd be very even, but because of the injuries, the Chargers, even with all their injuries, just have more talent. Um, Brandon Staley being a more established coach and, uh, <laughs> obviously what they, yeah, what they do on defense and, and whatnot. So I go back and forth. I think it'll be close. I mean, everyone remembers last year, the Broncos shutting out the chargers and their matchup when they shouldn't have. And then they lost the second one, but that was when season was over and they were basically Nobody playing cares. backups. <laughs> yeah. So I think it'll be close. I think it's going to come down to the last possession, like these AFC West games always do. And I think it's honestly going to depend on what team has the ball last. I think if the Broncos have it last, we see some rust magic, uh, see the old rust. If the Chargers have it last, we see Justin Herbert be Justin Herbert, who's just one of the best quarterbacks in football. So I'll go Chargers just because everything we said, it'd be, it'd be too homerish for me to say Broncos. <laughs> so I got, <laughs> I can't pick every matchup Chargers and say, oh, but they're going to lose. Um, but I'll go 24, 21. Uh, as the final. Ooh, so a good defensive matchup there too, even with uh, those quarterbacks. I like it. Yeah. Well, I said during the Rams game, I said, you know, Rams Broncos play Christmas Day and we might see a three to two final score in that one <laughs> because of how these offenses are playing. Oh my goodness. Last week, did you, were you watching that Thursday night game? I assume you were. Yeah. Obviously, he's a Broncos fan. I mean, the, the memes and the jokes on Twitter and the jokes even during the broadcast of like what a boring game it was. Like, it, it really was rough, especially if you were just a football fan trying to watch football. You're like, oh, get me out of yeah. here. And this, this Thursday game doesn't get much better with the commanders and bears. <laughs> oh my goodness, no. If the Broncos can play well and can play competitively, and we don't have any huge gaffes where like a penalty takes us out of scoring range or, you know, Russ Wilson can't hit the open receiver because he doesn't see him standing there in the end zone. <laughs> Or the coach in particular doesn't make a stupid decision about a fourth down or when to kick a field goal or, you know, a play call. I think if if the Broncos can get away even with a loss but playing well, I think the season won't be over. I think if they get blown out, it's going to just feel like insurmountable, even, even though it's only, a, you know, it'd only be a two and four. But mm -hmm. it's such a critical game that... I, it feels like the kind of game where the Broncos need to win just to keep the fans, just to keep the team kind of, you, you know, in sync and behind the coach and behind each other. Um, and I think they could still achieve that even with the loss, as long as the loss is a, a competitive loss, a loss because the Chargers outplayed them, not because the Broncos, you know, just play terribly and cannot cannot play to their to their potential. <laughs> Hopefully it's a good one. They always are fun, these two matchups. So hopefully it's the same. They are. Well, Ryan, it has been great having you on. I really appreciate a great insight and fun to talk, especially since you are a Broncos fan. Happy to do it. Thanks so much for having me on. It was fun and uh, good luck on Monday night. <laughs> well, for you, it's a win-win, right? Like yeah, it's I guess. fun to cover a team <laughs> that wins and it's fun to have your actual favorite childhood team win too. So this is true. This is true. All right. Go Broncos. Thanks so much.